Welcome to another episode of the Unreasonable Art of Living podcast. I'm your host, Gerhard Molin, currently from Helsinki, and enjoy the music. the intro music thanks again shout out to my dear friend moritz wenzel and his band creamy business in vienna love the music yeah welcome to episode number five again super excited and first of all i hope you're doing fine whoever you are and thanks for joining me <laughs> little recap um i hope you enjoyed the previous episode number four with my dear friend timothy um, we definitely enjoyed it and, uh, yeah, I actually listened to it a few times and it was, uh, it was beautiful to listen to uh, our conversation and we are planning for a second episode sometime end of August and yeah, let me know if you enjoyed it. There are also a few, I've already a few guests lined up in the next weeks, which gets me very excited and, um, yeah, then uh, of course, thank you again for the amazing feedback I received and all the ratings. Um, wow. I'm yeah, just super grateful. It's such a humbling experience to, you know, you record these kind of things and you put your thoughts and kind of like raw ideas out there. And um, it's beautiful to receive or it's just beautiful to see that people enjoy it and that it actually, Yeah. It's just nice that uh, it's something that people can enjoy and they come back to listen to it again. That keeps me going. Super nice. <laughs> and um, to start with, actually, I have a very concrete feedback for you. Not for you, but <laughs> feedback questions for you. <laughs> like in terms of feedback for you, you're doing an amazing job. But just simply listening to this and dedicating your time, that's, um, well, there's nothing else to add. Great job, everyone. But I would like to ask a few things. Um, a very good friend of mine reached out to me and we had a beautiful conversation about episode length. And yeah, we kind of like agreed on, because I was also thinking it so, was so such an eerie moment because it was just that day I was thinking about, all right, maybe I should try to aim for more like 40 minutes episodes or at least less than 50. Maybe start with that. <laughs> then we can go lower and lower if possible. And then, yeah, my first question actually. What is your ideal episode length for a podcast? And second question, where and when do you normally, or well, let's put it just this way, how do you listen to podcast episodes? So are you, you know, while driving, while walking, cleaning, at work, while cooking? Would love to hear how you consume your podcast normally. And then next question, I would love to hear from you. What are, what were you the, the top three episodes so far and why? Very short, doesn't need to be long. And finally, if you want to, you can send me any question you like. Just uh, can be something completely crazy. How it would have to, for example, how I would, uh, 
what we, what is my zombie apocalypse plan or what would be my ideal setup on a pizza world where vegan t-rexes live and how i would build a civilization there so whatever you feel like send me a question it can be also something a personal question about my life or like my journey so far or if you have an idea or concept or like a reflection about some of my episodes please send me send me questions so yeah sum it up again what's your ideal episode length when or where or how do you actually consume podcast episodes in what situations and yeah rate i would love to hear your top three episodes so far and why and the last one is a choker question ask me anything and i will answer it on the show <laughs> and you can send me uh, a direct message on instagram at avocado who man yeah i'm a bit funny it's not uh I don't spell human with like you like human is avocado h o o m a n so avocado human on Instagram send me a message or you can send me an email to how to unreasonable at substack.com yeah cool looking forward to it and yeah if you want to support the podcast give it a rating share it with a friend and as always most importantly keep enjoying it and as long as you can see that people are coming back to listen to more um that's all actually that get all i need to get going that's awesome all right then let's uh before we get into this week's topic <laughs> i'm actually it's quite a quite interesting topic i uh, triggered a bit of a how do i say how do i say a journey into the past <laughs> But my Lumi check-in, I always said like now I try to do the Lumi check-in prior to the show because it helps me to reflect a bit more because I noticed when I did it on the show, it was like, uh, okay, let's <laughs> write quickly something. <laughs> but now I actually, um, yeah, did, uh, because it's, yeah, it's better for me. I always uh, did my Lumi check-ins. I said every Sunday I have my nine categories, career, friends, family, love, mental health, body health, sleep, learning, and creativity. And I kind of like rate each category between one and five. Five being great, one bad, three neutral, four good, and two could be better. And then I just calculate the average. And it's kind of, for me, gives me kind of like a just a moment to be a bit more present and aware of how my week has been. And then it invites me to explore a bit about my life it has been a very helpful tool and um, um if you want i will i would i was thinking of dedicating one episode to give a lumi method deep dive because it's not just the scores i'm using and um and how is how it has been actually helped how it has helped me in my life in making big decisions actually and realizing um that i want to make these decisions so if you would like to hear more about the Lumi method now it has shaped my life in a more deep dive let me know <laughs> but um this week's Lumi score overall is a 3.89 it hasn't really changed much the previous week was on the same level actually and my I will only talk about the highs and kind of like low numbers but the high numbers were definitely learning and creativity just working on the podcast um Working on the Lumi app itself is, has been such a rewarding experience and really I learned so much um, 
every day because like there's so many especially in programming there's so many things you learn as you go when you have um a very like a year where you want to go but then on the way you have to figure out all the all the things kind of and um, these are definitely my highs learning and creativity this week oh and also friends um spent a lot of time with seeing friends and having beautiful conversations these are like driving forces in my life uh lower points were let's see um maybe let's get into that because this is actually Oh, wait. The ideal segue would be actually to first talk about my green lights, then the low light, and then get straight into the topic. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so also what I do on my Lumi chicken, I call it green lights. And green lights is everything that kind of like propelled me forward. It kind of like helps me to just sit down and look back at my week and it's like, oh, wow. I've had a beautiful week, actually, because if you, you kind of like force it, you do just think about all the things that happened to you and uh actually i actually have a long list so let's <laughs> just name a few because otherwise it's going to be quite uh, i don't think it's so interesting uh, for you to because like most of thing of of the people i mentioned you don't know so it's probably irrelevant for you but i think one i have with my sister uh, every two weeks she's currently in vienna and my oldest sister she yeah she's an um film director in stop motion stop motion animation stop animation mo no stop motion animation yes and uh absolutely love her work and we have a uh, two weeks catch up and we actually we have been sticking to it for a month now and yeah we just um every two weeks we have a chat how our life is good uh, our life is doing how our work is doing what we're planning to do in the next two weeks and we kind of keep keep us accountable i love it it's beautiful then i had a Beautiful, beautiful dinner and coding session with my dear friend Niklas, who I met four years ago at the coding school I went to. And it's going to be mentioned later again, the coding school. It's going to be very interesting. And then also one of my other very beautiful green lights, I, was, I met three of the core members of my first startup. And we haven't seen each other in years. And it was so beautiful to catch up with them, to see where they are in their life and just... It felt like no time has passed and I think if you go through an experience like a startup which is like extremely intense with a lot of highs but also like very intensive lows it kind of like bonds you in a way because it shows you kind of like it shows the bad and good sides in a sense because like you are such in stress situations that uh, yeah, sometimes you just have a bad day, and then, but you still stick together because you're a team. And yeah, I was uh, meeting Amelia. She was our kind of like lead artist, chief creative officer, kind of like. And uh, I'm just I love her still. I'm a, probably the biggest fan of her art style, and she nowadays creates ch children books. And yeah, I actually I will link it in the show notes. They are absolutely amazing. They're currently in Finnish, but wow, I instantly purchased two for friends of mine yeah beautiful beautiful children books and then tap on tommy they were six seven years ago they were kind of like yeah the one kind of like leading figures in gamification and, and, and using games and education in, in in helsinki and still are like pioneers in, in many ways and it was just yeah uh beautiful to catch up with them and see where they are all right 
my green lights. I mean, I, there's more to it, but uh, <laughs> let's go to the main topic. And the main topic is linked to a lower score I gave myself this, this week. Um, and it was, uh, I was not sure if I should give it to creativity or love, but then I gave it love. And I gave actually two and a half. It would be between two and three. Let's put it that way. And I'm not talking about love in a romantic way. It's about love in loving yourself and love um, towards life. And the reason, it was also the reason inspired me actually for this this episode's topic. And it is about our very dear friend of ours. We all know him. Actually, we know him pretty well. And you can find references to this friend of ours in many ways. You can you will find in philosophy, philosophy in psychology or like um, psychotherapy. You'll find in poems. You'll find it in biographies. And I'm talking by no other than our dear friend, the inner bully. <laughs> or how do you call it? The negative, some call it, let's see, I wrote there some wordy words. <laughs> yeah, simply self-doubt. Some call it the other self in Vedic science or yogi. Some call it the animal soul. The Stoics called it the enemy within. In Zen Buddhism, sometimes you re refer to the monkey mind, which can also mean other things, but let's stick with that. Or the inner shadow, the inner enemy. Carl Jung, famous psychotherapist, um, called it negative self-talk. Quite recently, I also got a famous figure, Phil Stutz, psychotherapist as well, called it Part X. So as you can see... Um, It's kind of crazy. We're over thousands of years again, different generations, different people from all cornerstones of life have identified this thing in our head. And they gave it a name, gave it a, a reason, kind of like a, it tried to kind of like shape it as if there was really some someone else inside of us. And Phil Stutz actually. I think he framed it beautifully. So he referred to it the part X, the inner talk. And I think why I wanted to talk about it is because it kind of like it, it, this dear friend of mine, I call it also the inner bully or inner devil, I was very prevalent this week. I was like, all right, what's happening, man? <laughs> what's happening? And it's like, um, and I, it got me reflective, reflecting. Why, why is that? Why do we have this natural counter player in our head and uh, someone or something, this inner voice or inner devil, it will stay with us the rest of our life. It won't disappear. So what do we do about it? Or can we do about it? And why do we have it? And it got me thinking. And then many, 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 it kind of like, yeah, led me into a rabbit hole. And I was like, to an article I wrote four years ago addressing exactly that and I will yeah, touch upon it in a, in, a, in a few minutes but Phil Stutz, by the way, great documentary uh, let me just google the name of the documentary Phil Stutz documentary 
Now we should have like this waiting sound or something. Um, maybe crickets. Oh, yes, I found it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the documentary is called uh, Just Stats. It's on Netflix. It was uh, filmed by Jonah Hill. I really enjoyed this documentary. And actually, again, I didn't... <laughs> it was a funny experience because after the documentary, I looked up Phil Stats and noticed he wrote a book, something called The Tools. And then... I remembered I read this book 12 years ago, something like this, and I completely forgot about it. But once I watched the documentary, I remembered reading this book and trying the methods in this book in my bedroom when I was living in Vienna with my... Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Ah, anyway, so <laughs> I can really recommend your documentary, first of all, but also the book, The Tools. There are actually some very concrete methods to actually deal with this part X. And Phil Stutz calls him the prophet of impossibility. I love it. And this prophet of impossibility has a few characteristics and some of them might resonate with you. He convinces you, for example, that you don't have the energy to meet the demands of life. Lethargy or lethargie in, in German. It uh, loves self-gratification. It gets you to get into impulses. It gets you to get addicted to immediate gratification. Social media, sweets, junk food, alcohol, whatever kind of like gives you an instant kick, but a very shallow kick without any depth, so to say. And this profit of impossibility is also very de demoralizing. And this happened this week to me, to myself again. And I mean, I'm, I know my friend in there <laughs> by now. <laughs> he tries to convert normal discouragement into hopelessness. So he actually, you, you, he wants to convince you or she or it that you quit trying or even it tries to convince you to get started. And I think this is why many, many people have these amazing dreams or ideas, but their inner bully or self-doubt is so strong that they don't even try. And then they can like stuck, get stuck in their comfort zone. And finally, the profit impossibility, as part Phil Stutz also calls it, uh, he loves hurt feelings. Uh, he, he argues that it, the profit of impossibility convinces you to not let go and move on. So it kind of like keeps replaying things in the past, events, people, something that's said to you or that happened to you and just keeps repeating it because it's it's a pleasure to kind, kind of like keep repeating the event and replay the hurt you felt and then you feel like justified of you know acting this and that way so it's instead of kind of like helping you to forget it just keeps reminding you and this is the profit of impossibility and um one thing actually we'll play this little short clip from the documentary well, Phil Stutz talks about something, the life force, a beautiful term. I actually like it a lot. And, and he says, um, yeah, stuck in life. Um, yeah, I'll just play it. Here we go. One of the first things you got me working on was my life force. That was such an immediate thing that can change your life and something that I think anyone can easily latch onto 
and it was the first step for me and beginning the process of getting better. Yeah, that's correct. Here's the classic thing that happens. A guy's depressed, he comes into my office, and he says, I know my habits are shit. I, I, I know I'm, I'm undisciplined, I know I'm lazy, but if I only knew what I was supposed to be doing, what my mission was in life, etc., I'd be like I was shot out of a gun. But I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, so I can, I'm just gonna be lazy and do nothing. And then from that, obviously, comes to the depression. There's something that that will apply to you and to anybody else who who doesn't have a sense of direction and doesn't know what they should do next. And the answer is you can always work on your life force. The only way to find out what you should be doing, it's like who you are, is to activate your life force. Because your life force is the only part of you that actually is capable of guiding you when you're lost. If you think of it as a pyramid, there's three levels of the life force. The bottom level is your relationship with your physical body. The second layer is your relationship with other people. And the highest level is your relationship with yourself. Oh, beautiful. So it was just a short snippet. It's actually from documentary. Really recommend watching it. And when I watched the documentary, I was like, when I mean, he talked about life force and in the clip, he kind of draws a pyramid with the layers um, where he said like, you know, the relationship to your body, to other people. And first of all, with yourself. And that's like the highest, like if you can tap into that, loving yourself, that's the, and, and, and tap, untap this life force. Well, yeah. Which um, I realized how Lumi has helped me to kind of keep track of this compass. And realized this awareness of like all my relationship to these kind of factors. And um, so, yeah, again, uh, watch documentary. Absolutely beautiful. And then I actually remembered another book, which I also read many, many years ago. I think eight years now. It's called Quiet Leadership um, by Quiet Leadership, Six Steps to Transforming Performance at Work um, by David Rock. And I remember this uh, quote in his book, because at that time, it was during my startup time, I was part of this accelerator and there was this cool startup called Mighty Fire, which was kind of like focusing on a really cool app that enabled to promote, like help students in the classroom to give each other positive feedback. And it was, it was a remarkable tool, really. It was beautiful. And the impact that it has had and still has on students is wow. And um, I remember it because I wrote had this quote and the quote goes something like this. So David, David Rock said, on average, a couple of minutes of positive feedback is given... Oh, wait. No, <laughs> I messed it up. <laughs> okay, there we go again. Next try. Wait, do we have something? Oh, sorry, wrong one. Never again. Um... Yep, let's don't try because there. Okay, I have on my device a lot of <laughs> buttons. I forgot which tone I should use, and I wanna. Yeah, never mind. So, <laughs> David Rock quoted: "People get on average a couple of minutes of positive feedback each year, versus thousands of hours of negative criticism." And when I read this, I would say I think I don't think. We always get this negative criticism just like by, of course, by other people, but I think most of all by ourselves. 
And he kind of had this beautiful, well, not really non-scientific formula in this book where he described performance equals potential minus interference. And the potential means, and the interference is something like self-doubt, self, negative self-talk, and um, which kind of like lowers and lowers and lowers your potential more and more and more. And there were beautiful examples and, and studies where when you, the impact of positive feedback, especially at the beginning when, it, when it's important to get going, is remarkable. And in the book, there's also someone um, was named a neuroscientist named John, John Rettay. And he has a theory how our inner voice can actually stifle performance. He believes that our neurons have limits to the amount of electric signals they can process and can therefore go into overload fairly easily. So we always have a certain amount of ambient neural activity going on, even when we are asleep. When we experience anxiety, fear, self-consciousness, or any strong emotion, our neurons get flooded with electric signals. So there's not enough capacity left to process what's going on actually in the moment. So we literally stop hearing and seeing what's around us. So not just think about the situations you probably have it had in, in your life when your inner self negative self-talk has become so prevalent that you actually don't really know actually what is really going on in that moment. Um, I will link the book in the show notes. It's um, yeah, really good book as well. So this got me thinking because it was there again. I was like, wow, I'm sure it's so important to talk about it because in the end it's also, wait a second, I'll take a sip of my Finnish water. Which is, by the way, so good. Especially when you have been traveling around quite a bit. You learn to appreciate uh, Finnish water, but also Austrian water. Any water that has uh, incredible quality coming out of the tap. Uh, it's quite a life quality. So yeah, um, why do we have this in our head? And we shouldn't feel crazy about it because it's, uh, it is a thing. And we have been trying to name it, to express it in poems, in art, in in science. And we also have uh, come up, we've tried to, like, we have so many ways to kind of methods to deal with it. So there's plenty of things to try. And for me, I've come to realize this, um, I wouldn't even call it nowadays an enemy anymore. It's a friend, but it's an, still a devil. <laughs> it's still a devil, but it's a friend of mine. And in the end, we have to try to see how we can dance with this friend. Because this friend or friendly devil, let's put it that way, maybe it's just afraid of becoming a round peg in a square hole instead of being a beautiful square that fits in there. Because it tries really hard, as hard as possible, to stay in this comfort zone, to not draw any attention, to, be, to not be different and to conform so we can just fit in. And if a nice, I like to think about a cookie cutter shape because he wants to fit in the beautiful cookie cutter shape that has been kind of like presented to us as pos possible way of being in this life. And he doesn't even want to dare to mold our own cookie cutter shape that is unique to us and that just fits perfectly. Because the comfort zone... You see, the comfort zone is 
to keep our lives safe. But actually what it really does, it keeps our life small. So whatever your, your comfort zone consists of, you actually pay a huge price for it. What I mean by that is life provides actually endless possibilities, but along with them comes pain. And I don't talk about, you know, like falling in love and pain seeking, but growth and getting out of your comfort zone and investing energy to mold your own cookie cutter shape, so to say, you will inevitably fail at some point, which comes with pain. And if you can't tolerate pain, you, you might argue you can't be fully alive because life is not just the highs, it's also the lows and it's also, it's all of it. All the emotions we experience, it's a multi-dimensional, multi-experience thing, life itself. It's beautiful. Yeah, so I think at that point I want to play a short clip from our famous Alan Watts, great guy. Um, when he talks about our real you and waking up, it's very. It's just a minute. I'll play it now. Ready to wake up? You're going to wake up, and if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. And uh, since you're all here and engaged in this sort of inquiry and listening to this sort of lecture, I assume that you're all on the process of waking up. Or else you're teasing yourselves with some kind of uh, flirtation with waking up, which you're not serious about. But I assume maybe you are, not serious but sincere, that you are ready to wake up. So then, when you're in the way of waking up and finding out who you really are, what you do is what the whole universe is doing at the place you call here and now. You are something the whole universe is doing in the same way that a wave is something that the whole ocean is doing. The real you is not a puppet which life pushes around. The real deep down you is the whole universe. So then, when you die, you're not going to have to put up with everlasting non-existence because that's not an experience. A lot of people are afraid that when they die, they're going to be locked up in a dark room forever and, it, and sort of undergo that. But one of the most interesting things in the world, this is a yoga, this is a way of realization. Try and imagine what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. Think about that. Children think about it. It's one of the great wonders of life. What will it be like to go to sleep and never wake up? And if you think long enough about that, something will happen to you. You will find out, among other things, that uh, it will pose the next question to you. What was it like to wake up after having never gone to sleep? That was when you were born. Yeah, beautiful. I will link the full video in the show notes. And I think 
few comments on that. I think in especially in yeah, there's in this word enlightenment, awakening in the spiritual methods and philosophies and for me one way to describe it is one way to experience awakening is um as if you were imagine you were like underwater and you barely have enough air left and the moment you wake up is is like if as if you would reach the surface and you breathe in this fresh fresh air and you're like wow all right where have i been the whole time and i think this is what you will always keep keep kind of like stumble upon this, this moment of waking up and um it's definitely a a result of like keep pushing beyond your comfort zone and kind of like finding your own cookie cutter shape that you mold and uh, you know it's actually important to mention here these are my reflections of this week and maybe some of these things resonate with you and some don't and then either way i would love to hear what are your thoughts about this because then we can actually maybe come to something better understanding because i don't i don't definitely don't have the answers these are my raw reflections and uh, i hope they will trigger some reflect reflections in you and the thing about like when i thought about this, this cookie cutter shape analogy you know cookie cutter shapes even like the ones we kind of like try to try first because like in you know, life we don't know no one gave us a manual <laughs> when we came to this world so of course we try first okay what is out there what is working let's try that but we forget that sometimes the cookie cookie cutter shapes we are trying they're not ours but we kind of still try to fit in there and we try really hard to make them fit and we forget sometimes that these cookie cutter shapes are from other people who maybe figured out their unique shape and just you know like we look up at them and like okay let's try that and for them they fit perfectly and for others maybe as well for for, for some they're not and for me i think it was like this question is like all right what is actually mm, this doesn't feel all right where what would my cookie cutter shape look like i'm still molding it <laughs> and i guess our inner friend the inner the friendly devil of course wants to protect us because molding such a cookie cutter shape and getting out there takes energy and energy is you know we need to kind of like save energy it's not an infinite resource it's quite uh you know it's quite a, how to say, quite a rare or like some res very valuable resource, so to say. So we need to channel our energy to the right purpose, right mission and right tasks. And maybe sometimes our dear friend devil wants like, no, let's don't waste energy on molding our cookie cutter shape. We already have some here. Let's try these. <laughs> Why don't we just fall for instant gratification instead? You know, little energy, instant gratification. Makes totally sense. And sometimes it does, but it gives us safety for sure. But it's a limited safety. And sometimes it leaves us empty. And maybe it gives us short, high peaks, but at the same time, very low lows sometimes. And evolutionarily, I mean, it's 
this autopilot thing, pleasure seeking, comfort, you know, being a comfort lover or lack of discipline, or even like the path of less, least resistance, makes sense if we argue from the point of view of like where do we, how do we spend our energy? And in some areas, it's important to kind of like these are the things maybe I leave on autopilot, but. Why shouldn't we spend our energy towards molding our own cookie cutter shape? So we come to this true authentic core of us, of ours, and in the end, the world would be beautiful of unique cookie cutters, shapes and cookies all over the world. And we just live in harmony with, with nature. And I think at that point, I want to read you some part of an article I wrote four years ago that was just after I finished a four weeks boot camp for this coding school I applied. At that point, I didn't know if we got in or not, but I somehow had to describe what happened during the four weeks. It was a quite transformative time for everyone who participated. And I tried to kind of like write this into words, what I've seen, not just within, within me, but with all the people there, were hundreds, hundreds, 150 people, I think. And just like as context to so this coding school, it's called School 42. I was founded in France and came four years ago to Helsinki under the name of Hive Helsinki. And it's a coding school, completely peer-to-peer -peer learning, no teachers, project-based. And the premises of the school is that to show that everyone can learn coding. And, you know, like before I attended this school, before I attended this bootcamp, I never thought I could be a coder. It was so far away from anything I could imagine. I had this very like fixed idea of what a coder is and like what I'm capable of. You know, this is very important. I think this isn't the same question and the same revelation I've seen in all the people who attended. It was remarkable. And yeah, I would like to read you some parts of this article. It was published, let me check, on August 5th, 2019. I will link the original article in the show notes. <laughs> and yeah, I had, I, it popped up this week and it was beautiful and I read it and I was like, wow. Wow. Okay, I'll read it to you now. Let me just take a sip of water. All right, here we go. Let's go. My background is in business and design, and I've never ever considered that coding might be for me. In fact, I was one of those who thought that you must be born for coding. But what I've learned over the last years through personal and professional failure is that the only barrier between you and greatness is your inner voice in your head. The inner voice that tells you what you can or can't, what you should and shouldn't, what you like and don't like, who you like and don't like, and finally, how life should be. I call this inner voice our biggest bully. It is the person next to you in a cinema who constantly comments on what's going on, instead of just seeing the things as they are. But let me tell you a secret. You're not your inner voice. You're not your personal preferences, you're not your thoughts. You're just you. You're this beautiful being that's equipped with a powerhouse called brain and a heart 
It is capable of solving the biggest problems in the world. It is capable of building rockets that can shoot us to the moon. And it is capable of creating art that inspires and touches people across nations and ages. But hold on for a second. How is this related to the piscine? Oh, at this point I should say, the boot camp was called piscine. Back to the article. The piscine was a constant battle of staying above. Above water in an open wild ocean full of tsunamis. The moment you came back to surface, the next tsunami hit you and the whole battle started over again. And here's my first advice for anyone who is thinking of applying or is soon taking part in a piscine. Never stop swimming, ever. It was a constant fight with your inner voice. The voice that tells you to quit, that you don't like it, that you suck, you're not worth it. The voice, the voice that tries to keep you in an artificial comfort zone, made of personal preferences and experiences. The voice that comes up with thousands of reasons why this sucks, but can't prove any of them. The most important thing is to simply keep moving forward, to get up, take a shower, get dressed, take one step at a time, log in, open a terminal and start coding. The moment you stop moving is the moment you lose to your inner bully. Never forget that. You're better than that. You see, life is not about finding your passion. Passion is overrated. Overrated. <laughs> what does life care about what you want anyways? Why should it? The universe has been doing just fine with billions of years without us. Think about that. Instead of finding your passion, tense with life. Instead of trying to enforce your vision of how life should be, surrender to how life is and join the dance of life. The secret in life is to find joy, bliss, inspiration in everything. Once you can get past your, past your inner voice that tells you what you can or can't, and what you like and dislike, you will end up in places beyond your imagination. Your biggest enemy is your inner voice. Don't fight it, just observe it. And never take yourself too seriously. Laugh at yourself, laugh at your ego, and never forget your inner child. The moment you realize that you're not your inner voice is the moment you end up at places beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you for reading. Love, Gary. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow, when I read this article again with the picture, actually you will see a funny picture in me where I was, yeah, I'll post it in my Instagram channel. <laughs> and um, this helped me a lot this week. And I wanted to share, talk about it Because we all we need sometimes is affirmation that, all right, we're not alone with this. And affirmation and support that we have an ally out there, out there. An ally that supports you to go out there and shape your own cookie cutter shape and find out what it makes your shape. Because finally, if we all do this, will become a beacon of light that inspires others to find their own path, to find their own cookie-cutter shape, and to find their natural way of being, a being in accordance with nature. And of course, like any growth, it takes energy, and there will be also pain and failure, but that's life. It's the beauty of life, the ups and downs and all of it. And in that sense, I need to thank my dear friend, Let's call it monster cookie, actually. <laughs> My monster cookie inside. Thank you for 
trying to actually preserve my energies and protect me from pain. But I can assure you, my dear Constant Cookie, you can trust me. I'm in control of this life and it's the pain we experience sometimes is totally worth it along the way. In that sense, let's keep dancing together and thank you for this week to inspire me to create this episode. And I hope, yeah, I hope it will inspire you as well to, yeah, grow your heart, to soul, your soul and experience also pain the same way as we experience pain after intense workout when we have muscle, muscle, uh, muscle growth or have intense stretching session. It's just part of it, any growth. So yeah, I can't wait to see all the amazing cookie cutter shapes out there. And we will come to an end now. And I actually, I'm above 40 minutes, but I will make it below 50, hopefully. <laughs> to end this, um, there will be in the show notes cool resources about methods to kind of like deal with this inner negative talk. Check them out. Send me questions if you have any questions how I did it or what I've been using and trying and my experience with it. And lastly, I wanted to end this episode with a beautiful, beautiful poem by Charles Bogowski. And if you haven't read anything about him, his life story is also one of the most inspiring life stories out there. And his poems are very powerful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Here we go. It's a very short poem. Let's go. Your life is your life. Don't let it be clubbed into dank submission. Be on the watch. There are ways out. There is a light somewhere. It may not be much light, but it beats the darkness. Be on the watch. The gods will offer you chances. Know them. Take them. He can't beat death, but he can beat death in life, sometimes. And the more often you learn to do it, the more light there will be. Your life is your life. Know it while you have it. You are marvelous. The gods wait to delight in you. Beautiful. I'll link the whole poem in the show notes. And to end this episode, you can't beat death, but you can beat death in life. So go out there and mold your own cookie cutter shape. And with that, I don't have the answers for you, but I can promise you, you have at least one ally out there that will root for you and support you all the way. I can promise that at least. <laughs> so let's um, yeah, keep supporting each other. When we see a friend who is ha having an idea, a dream, a thing he or she wants to do, always try. Keep supporting them. Nurture them. Be an ally and show their monster cookie that it's okay to experience a little bit of growth pain. <laughs> 
All right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, episode five, I will see you next week. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye.